everyone welcome to desi kanya's podcast once again uh, i hope you all are doing good it's been a long time since we did an episode so since this is plastic free july i couldn't think of any other better guest to grace desi kanya's podcast with other than mrs vani murthy and uh, i have been personally following her on instagram she's also known as uh, better known as worm rani so worm rani is here to teach us about food composting sustainability for the month of july we can have some conversation on how we can live towards zero waste life is it even achievable or not so vani ma'am welcome to desi kanya's podcast thank you so much for inspiring everybody around you i've listened to your ted talks very very inspiring it's awesome that personality like yours have done so much for the community you know learning about your hardships and everything so it's been uh, so good to see such positive things coming out of someone for the community and trying to make a change so tell us how you started this journey thank you nitya thank you so much and uh, happy to be on your podcast and yes a journey starts somewhere <laughs> some triggers <laughs> happen in life so uh, i've been a homemaker you know family in laws uh, kids and all that and i've never hardly done anything outside home so yeah. there was a time when i had this opportunity to explore outside home i must say that i was very hesitant because i had i had no clue what the world outside was like uh, and uh, but then uh, in that uh, little exploration that i did i i think i definitely met people that really uh, you know changed the way i looked at what an individual can do right you know so right. sitting at home i was i was doing my bit for my family and myself but uh, there is out there there are things that i need to learn it's more about learning than doing and being aware which i wasn't if i was in my bubble so uh, i met dr minakshi and she was a huge influence i must say she was my mentor uh, mentor uh, dr minakshi she was a, a fertility specialist having a full time job and still you know looking at uh, trying to do things for the uh, general good for the planet or for the society was like very inspiring and motivating to me she took me under her fold and she really mentored me in such a way because she knew i was hesitant and uh, it was very subtle slow no pushing and you know that made a huge difference to the way i i i started wanting to do these things it didn't put me off where i again withdrew into my shell so it actually opened up a a, a huge window of opportunity for me to learn more and we did all fun things together correcting the water list and then you know uh, getting into a project called wow and then meeting uh, 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 the the team that i am part of right now the swmrt the solid waste management round table and then visiting the landfill and then setting up practices and models where you can you know share your practices so when you call me i'm i'm teaching i don't teach i just share my practice i mean that's that's what we do uh, we are no experts uh, but the joy of sharing something that makes a difference to this planet has been an excellent way to you know we evolving into become better people of course sharing is caring as they say vani ma'am you are an urban farmer we all know that and most people love to and want to grow their own vegetables but they don't know how and they often don't even try thinking it is you know something very complicated they need tons of resources and large space to do it would you please share with us how 
composting in its basic sense is achievable by anyone you know no matter independent of their living space and why should we compost in one of your tech talks i've listened you spoke about how your journey began and it has first time for everybody and everything many people don't even understand the power of composting yeah uh, so for me uh, uh, growing a garden uh, was like um, uh you know it it was just a byproduct of composting because i had i am an urban i am an urbanite i have never grown a single plant all my life always thought there was something called the green thumb and i don't have one uh but then uh, when i uh, you know choose to compost because i visited the landfill and i didn't want to send my waste there or add to the uh, burden and the mess that is already piling up there uh, and i when i realized that 60% of what we generate is from our kitchen the waste that we generate on a daily basis 60% is from our kitchen and sending it to the landfill is what creating all the problems of uh, the methane that's getting out leachate that gets into your water the pollution that happens around the landfill so uh, so again the awareness is the one that you know propels you to uh, start a start a practice you yeah. get the solution because the problem is out there and the solution lies with us so uh, uh, for me uh, you know experimenting with composting became uh, such you know exciting process because i failed terribly when i did for the first time i had no clue but then uh, uh, what kept me going is the fact that i didn't want to send that waste out i have there's no choice right now that i convert that into something not send it out uh, and uh, i think uh, that failure was a great stepping stone in fact i i i tell people that it's okay to fail and if you fail you learn more exactly. and you can you can talk with the same comfort that i talk about composting though i don't know anything the science behind it you you i will not have a clue of what the names of the microbes are and you know what are the temperatures that reaches nothing but the art of composting is what i have honed my skill in and i talk non stop about composting and uh, well uh, so there is a, so there is a choice that we make why we are composting either that you have already a garden and that you want to make your own fertilizers you know organic fertilizers that's one reason why you want to compost another one is yes when you send it out you're losing out resource it's an amazing resource that belongs to the soil and once you're aware of that why would you uh, you know do the opposite exactly. the thing that would have enriches the soil is going to the landfill and it's polluting so i mean if that awareness is there in every citizen i'm sure everyone will want to compost because it's a stark reality that we are doing we are going the opposite way as humans we are uh, uh, you know completely degrading our soil we're cutting down trees we are adding to pollution and there's so much that we are doing that is not uh, for the nature that's not a we are not being part of nature we are moving away from that uh, so that that uh, realization so once you compost and make that magical uh, you know black hole i think the next step is to you know uh, uh, learn to grow something yes. uh, so growing is it, 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 i think everything has a learning curve and there is no magic wand that will just make you from 0 to 100 in a few days now it won't so you need to you need to experiment with in composting has been a huge experiment for me and trying different kinds of composting so where all the questions that people ask today is wondering did i ask those questions but i don't think i asked the question because i just was very clear that no matter what i'm going to do it uh, it's okay to uh, you know dwell 
uh, deeper into the process itself and understand, be aware, and then take the decision. And once you compose, you have a garden. You know, exactly. what do you do with it? So you that that just comes afterwards. So growing doesn't come before composting. It's the composting that comes before. It's like pure black gold. You know, it's been like about two and a half, three years since um, my husband started composting. So whatever the kitchen scrapes we collect, and as you said, like you know, uh, there is no right or wrong way of doing it. It just has yeah. to go back to the soil. That's all. But are there any easy starter vegetables that one can grow who is not aware of composting much or who is not into this too much? Because growing their own vegetable is obviously very very satisfying it's oddly satisfying to give to your local farmers rather than like you know getting it shipped from let's say south america you know we 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 are contributing so much without us being aware of where our produce is coming from how is one reducing their waste that they generate from their own house by composting and growing their own veggies i know we can grow our own veggies even from the supermarket vegetables that we buy we can cut the stems and what not we can save it and at least that's how we try to do it if we don't get the seeds how are we generating and roughly if possible could you share in numbers how much waste uh, can one household when they compost or grow their own food as well when they recycle efficiently you know how much can they reduce their numbers of what their carbon footprint as they say that they generate yeah. uh, i mean uh, definitely uh, it's huge it's huge because uh, well, when you, when you know that waste has nowhere to go i mean uh, there is uh, no way for it Yeah. Uh, it, it it ends up somewhere. So when you look at your, uh, if you do a kind of waste audit uh, and look at your waste, uh, then you realize that uh, you know, as I said, sixty percent is from your kitchen. Uh, probably there are some uh, things like packaging and uh, what you buy. The groceries are you know recyclable packaging. Uh, either it is uh, personal care products, cleaning products, all all these uh, plastic. or packaging which are paper or whatever is recyclable like even bottles everything is recyclable and there is one one section of a huge section that we don't even realize is is not recyclable kind of uh, it is completely uh, uh, you know uh, multi layer it's styrofoam it it could be polypropylene uh, you know bags or packaging whatever so Uh, and also there is one category which is a reject waste which which is about you know things like sanitary waste and broken glasses it could be some kind of batteries uh, which are leaking and all these so uh, when you uh, when you do the waste audit you get to understand the different categories and then uh, look at uh, you know how you going to deal with it if if this is going to pollute the environment uh, do i uh, you know completely reduce that can i you know start looking at how uh, you know this category which is non recyclable uh, because recycling industry is such a weird place because uh, you you think that you know every bit of plastic paper and glass and metal gets recycled but unfortunately uh, very little reaches the recyclers it's a uh, whole different uh, discussion yes, on what yes, goes on yes absolutely so that that's like uh, uh, you know as you said a different discussion altogether and uh, so we need to understand that so if suppose like in a uh, average indian family it's 1 to 1 1/2 kgs of total waste in that 60% is huge if it is the kitchen waste and then uh, when you start looking at you know composting uh, it is 
building soil. Composting is allowing you uh, 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 a kind of, uh, the process helps you to build the soil that grows your food. Because once you have, uh, you know, nutrients in the soil, because when you compost the organic matter, yes. uh, the end product is nothing but what is readily available for a plant to absorb, yes. uh, you know, as nutrients. And when once the plant absorbs the nutrients, uh, when we eat the plant, we get the nutrients directly. So there's a close, uh, you know, a close loop there, right there at your home, that when you do this, uh, you are maintaining the nutrient cycle and that's real food. Real food is to be grown in real soil that's thriving with organic matter. And I mean, thriving with uh, life, because of the organic matter. If there is no organic matter in the soil, there's no life. And if there is no life, the nutrient cycle is broken. You have to put artificial fertilizers, chemicals, pesticides, all these. So there's a huge win-win to understand what real food is. Yes. So when you compost, you understand what real food is. And then you make your choices about the food itself, right? So growing even the smallest space, so space need not be a constraint for composting or for growing anything. You can start with, even if you have a windowsill which has enough sunlight, you can grow your microgreens. Yes. Then it can, you can grow your herbs, you can grow uh, you know, your greens right from your palak, methi, coriander. So you can start small, experiment. Sometimes it works, sometimes it won't work. Sometimes seeds sprout, sometimes seeds don't sprout. So as I said, we learn only by uh, experimenting. And that's the experience we get uh, to ultimately uh, say, I can grow anything I want. Exactly. You know, whatever I want to eat, I can grow. So, but to reach there, you have to go through that. And most people uh, think that it is, uh, it, it, it's like one or two challenges is like something that they can't do. And then they give up. So, uh, so it, it is important for us to keep up because you know ultimately what you're going to learn. You learn to, uh, there is a hidden, I always say this, uh, there is a hidden farmer in each of us and uh, we don't even know that. You know, all of us can grow our food. We may not grow all our food, but at least we grow enough to understand what real food is, how tasty it is, what a joy it is to pluck exactly. off your garden and, you know, cook with it. So I, I think that, that that's the most important thing in this journey. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, the joy part, like, you know, when I cook with the vegetables, like, you know, a good haul that I get from my garden, it really feels and makes up your uh, day, like, you know, okay, yeah. it's something really productive. <laughs> so uh, true, so true. To our next segment, um, Vani ma'am, it's, I want to talk about sustainability as a community. In one of your TED Talks, Traversing Sustainability, you spoke about how we can give back to the nature. We all know about recycling, but as you said previously, you know, red waste, reject waste, uh, not many people take care of that. Especially knowing my waste, I have made a lot of switches sustainably for my health. Uh, although like, you know, shopping is something that I need to control, but I'm trying to make some changes on that where we can see if we can buy the uh, local weavers here or in India, uh, buy organic cotton. A lot of shady parts are there in everything. Menstruation, that is something that, you know, cups is something that is very sustainable and not many women know or have tried it, but I think that's a very good source. But can you educate our listeners on these landfills, how do they operate to manage these tons of red waste that we produce from our homes? Yeah, basically what really happens, uh, especially in India, 
there is absolutely uh, no uh, proper collection, though the rules are very clear about uh, a decentralized waste management and how you need to keep it segregated, you cannot mix your waste, but uh, hardly any enforcement and uh, most of the waste ends up uh, in different places. It's either right. in the corner of the street or in the drains, uh, you know, people can just uh, bag it up and just, you know, chuck it wherever they want as they are moving or, uh, you know, so the maid goes out and, you know, as she leaves the home, she picks it up and she puts it wherever she thinks uh, is a place to drop it off. So right. because uh, there is no enforcement, uh, it's either in these places closer to your home or it ends up in a water body or a lake or in the ocean. Uh, and of course, it most of the time it gets burned because uh, they think uh, by burning you can reduce the amount of waste that you need to cut and uh, otherwise most of the waste gets transported and uh, actually uh, a huge chunk of the budget for uh, the waste management goes to uh, you know the transportation uh, so it goes from point a in from your home it gets picked up and most of us, most unless you have a proper system, most of us is mixed waste, uh, and it goes out of the city limits, and uh, it they they take it to the uh, landfill. So landfill is supposed to be uh, scientific. It's supposed to deal with your waste, but unfortunately, uh, the kind of waste that we generate. Uh, no, no landfill, even if it is scientific, can manage it. So it becomes a land dump, you know, uh, though it will be uh, set up very scientifically and maybe it will be set up for maybe 200 tons uh, capacity. But if you if you uh, load 1000 tons every day, right. uh, no, no scientific facility will take care of it. So what really happens is there are actually villages around these landfills and these villages are actually growing our food because our, our fresh vegetables uh, and, uh, you know, foods come from the outskirts. And uh, so that, that's the biggest thing that we all need to keep in mind, that these are the uh, villages that stay close to the landfill and how their life is completely ruined because of uh, we couldn't manage it in our own backyards and we are dumping it, you know, somewhere. Uh, so what happens, the uh, lorry loads go and dump it, they compact it, you know. When they compact it, most of the organic waste gets trapped. You know, and at the landfill, when it gets trapped, there is still an activity that happens because it is biodegradable, but it, it is breaking down anaerobically. And when anaerobic breakdown of organic matter happens, methane, methane is the byproduct. So methane gets out and methane is a greenhouse gas. We are all talking about the climate change and that's there. You can say that your kitchen waste, which left your home, is contributing to the climate change. So if you're talking about reversing, don't just talk about it, do an action, you know, look at your kitchen waste that can be converted into compost. So this methane gets into the uh, environment, then there is this dark fluid because of the breakdown of organic matter, the dark fluid called the leachate, it, that runs off these landfills and enters, and they are not contained. So they enter the groundwater, they get into the soil around, so they contaminate the soil the vegetables that are grown is like contaminated and the it enters the water source so water source is again contaminated so probably what we're throwing out is coming back to us in some form or the other right. and these uh, these uh, you know toxic waste or the sanitary waste which is also ending up along with this uh, is again making it even more toxic because body contaminated waste is supposed to go into a different stream for a, for its management 
but it doesn't happen because it gets mixed up with the waste that we generally put uh, along with everything else. So the red waste, the green waste, and you know, uh, good recyclable material, everything together goes and gets dumped. And you know, it's a very, very sad situation that we are, first of all, we put stress on the resources by making products, making stuff, exactly. and then we use it and then we discard it for it to again go and pollute the environment. So we are, we are, uh, we are losing out resources that could have been recycled. Uh, you know, kitchen waste is hundred percent recyclable. All all your paper, plastic, and metal glass, if it's kept clean and separate, it can be. And of course, for a reject waste, we have to be mindful of how we you know use uh, uh, things that are not single use. Uh, you know, right from like you said, the sanitary pads, baby diapers, instead of disposable, the reusable ones should be the way. To go towards a sustainable living. So good that you brought up like go towards a sustainable living. That's my next question. You know, you had spoken about community initiatives. Initially, that's how you had started. And uh, the whole community came to help you and led to what you're able to do today or have and have a larger impact, you know. Uh, I am personally, you know, I can speak for myself um, and my family. We're personally starting our journey towards zero waste living or rather I'm we are trying as much as we can. Um, but can we truly live a zero waste life from every aspect, like buying sustainable clothing, as I said, reducing consumerism, you know, so much goes on from your, uh, from shipping one product from the other product, especially plastic. And then again, there is, there are these Amazon treks and they are delivering all over the country. And, um, reusing by you know supporting community-led thrift stores there are so many initiatives right now where you can donate and they will wear it keep reusing the same stuff and how consciously achievable is this sustainable lifestyle where 80 percent of what you use it can be sent back to the environment if you can guide us in what are the small community initiatives that one can start within their neighborhood to explore to you know for example to lead the society towards sustainability yeah so uh, i think each of us are at different levels of awareness about you know what can be done because i think uh, it, it is slow and steady because uh, we we don't understand everything at the same time and if you want to if you if you're trying to do it you just get overwhelmed because there's so much out there that you can imbibe and you know try to there is I, I don't believe a zero there is a zero waste lifestyle it's a low waste where you're conscious of your consumption conscious of what you discharge conscious of uh, being a little minimalist you know and it's just putting a reverse gear going back to your two generations where your grandparents how they lived you know it's as simple as that being sustainable so like you said uh, uh, you know uh, clothes we all have used hand-me-down clothes, cousins, this, that. So it, and it would go for one more generations. We never ever felt that we needed to buy so much. It was once a year that my father would buy us, you know, uh, uh, for the Diwali or something like that, new clothes or on the birthday. There were only two occasions where, but today it's like shopping, you go fast fashion and everything. So it's like, uh, so how do you, uh, you know, turn, turn people to look into this, I mean, that is uh, the, the biggest challenge for anyone uh, to create in communities. So I think uh, coming up, first of all, you, you can't do it alone. Uh, you would be, uh, of course, anything that you do, you looked upon very weird because 
you're doing things that people don't understand at all. So I would just pull out my, uh, you know, steel tumbler at a wedding when everybody's sitting around and I wouldn't accept a bottle water because I have my own bottle. And people would look at me weird and I would be very happy they're looking at me because they at least they will start thinking, why is she doing this? So it's okay uh, uh, to be the odd one out, but it makes a huge difference when you become a good team. So the one thing that worked for us in Bangalore is we created these amazing, I mean, I feel the universe just aligns to get people together when when you are very clear that you you need you, you want, want to do this yeah, yeah. They, people just appear and you become such amazing uh, teammates uh, who are constantly pushing each other to you know different uh, bar uh, is set and you know uh, that you want to learn more so it's it the whole fun is about uh, a team that's constantly evolving by helping each other uh, you know learn more uh, you know, and uh, uh, in, in Malaysia, we had this uh, amazing uh, team called We Care for Malaysia. Uh, and all we did was create awareness. You know, we came as a team, learned how we could be practitioners. Uh, and whatever we talk is out of practice, not out of a book or something that we pulled out from the internet or somebody's talking about it. It was exactly what we were doing. We would do road shows, go set up our entire waste management stuff, you know, take our wet waste and show compost. And do you want to learn how this can become this? So it was, it was the excitement of getting together, uh, spending, uh, you know, quality time, uh, trying to create this awareness uh, in different parts. Uh, people would call us, we would go, there will be less people attending the session than us. You know, we would be so enthusiastic, all of us would go together. So I think creating that awareness uh, as, um, uh, as a group of citizens, caring citizens, concerned citizens, uh, and practice, practicing citizens. So that made a huge difference. Then the you know entire uh, team got made in in a Pan Bangalore SWMRT Solid Waste Management Roundtable, and we had you know each of them had a skill set. You know in their core competence, they 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 did what what they could comfortably do. There were people who were reading the policies. There were people who were looking at how waste pickers can be completely you know uh, given some kind of formal formal. Uh, uh, structure so they, they all these came together so I, over a period of time you know you're not chalking out saying i want to do this 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 it just evolves very organically and that makes a difference in the society plus you know looking at we have groups of uh, uh, people who are looking at growing food in their terraces the organic terrace gardening group that's i call it a university by itself because there's so much of sharing that happens that you don't have to read a book to learn how to grow a grow food it, it, it is out there they through their practical experience they talk about it we meet often we have uh, amazing uh, mailers where you know we come together and uh, exchange seeds exchange saplings and even exchange harvest you know so it, it, it is it is a lot of fun uh, plus yes and there is another community which is constantly you know exchanging uh, clothes you know pre-loved clothes yeah. that, that's so amazing we ourselves between our friends will say i'm not using this do you want yes they either get grabbed because oh you have used it i want to use it i want to be close to you so it's like you know you feel that it's it, it i think that exchange is amazing because uh, uh, i know a few of my friends have completely stopped buying clothes because they have so much 
plus they keep getting this in exchange you know and uh, trading one cloth to the other one dress to the other so i think there's a lot of fun plus you're creating you're talking about it i'm using social media you know like like nobody's business i i don't uh, I, i don't think there's anything more powerful than the social media because i recognize that when i started off that a picture can talk you know more than words yes. you know so uh, i would do picture stories on uh, facebook and i think uh, there is this need for everyone to be proud to talk about their uh, you know and and feel that pride to talk about their practices which is which is so important for us to turn around you know that's the shift that we need to make we need to trigger somebody to start thinking uh, can can this happen you know in in your life and uh, you know also give them easy slow you don't have to overwhelm so i i i think we need to be a little compassionate to people who who didn't who don't understand this also you know otherwise they they feel uh, you know you're blaming you're pointing fingers at me you shouldn't exactly. be doing that no yeah exactly so many people would just withdraw and not want to change at all yeah, yeah so flow and study uh vani ma'am uh, before we leave i just wanted to ask since this is plastic free july month you know i learned from you about making your own bioenzyme for cleaning the other things that you can do to wash your dishes like without using the sponge that obviously you know ends up in the landfill using like you know traditional cookware i'm you know consciously making those changes can can you tell us few points where we can avoid plastic completely wherever possible like you know major things in our household and when we go out yeah uh, so uh, yeah by you know creating your own cleaners you are avoid you are avoiding completely the packaged cleaners that you're buying be it personal care or you know it is uh, the uh, home cleaning stuff so uh, anything that comes in a plastic uh, you know packaging uh, completely gets eliminated because you're making your own that too from waste from your home uh, like bioenzymes are made from citrus peels then you can buy in bulk uh, you know the natural cleaners like uh, uh, the shikakai the soap nuts you know these are all natural uh, they grow on trees and these pods are all uh, you know um, are used in uh, laundry it's used in dishwash uh, and we use bioenzymes to clean our floors uh, our counters our stoves everything so you are saving money first of all so you don't have to buy these products which are extremely toxic because there's so many so much chemicals in that so natural products help you uh, to not just save uh, on the cost but also save from buying these uh, you know plastic uh, and like that you no know, i i feel when you're talking about footprint you must talk about your handprint because whatever your hand recognizes that it is this is not uh, you know something that uh, that is natural like using instead as you said the scrubbers instead using those green scrubbers scotch scotch bright and all that you take natural scrubbers i know they are so good it, it could be a loofah uh, it could be a kind of a, you know coconut fire you know coil something like that so that you know you're completely eliminating that because ultimately they are all microbes they will just get into your drain and end up somewhere in the ecosystem so uh, definitely uh you know we have to look at all the packaging that we order around because today uh, you know it's all online ordering and when you go out you know you make sure you go to stores where they give you a uh, package free so that you can take your own bags and bring stuff that that you. so i i think uh, there is a 
I don't even have to mention there are so many things that we can completely eliminate. Carry your own bottle, you know, your steel bottle, so that you don't have to buy that, you know, a plastic bottle because there is energy used to making it. There, it has been transported and then filled, and then you use it once and you discard it. Makes no meaning. Uh, so I, I think there are many, many today with lot of such uh, plastic-free July and such. Uh, you know, campaigns coming out. We learn a lot by just seeing what's put out there. So I, I think uh, pick and choose what you can start off with. Yeah. You know, as as you said, slow and steady, and then slowly grade to what is next. What is next? Now that I have this as a practice, what can I do next? Yeah. I think that that should be the only way which will take you towards a sustainable path. Because if you get overwhelmed, uh, you would just turn back, and maybe you will not find that path at all. So that's my uh, advice to people. Thank you, thank you so much, Rani, ma'am. It was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it and learned more. Um, so everybody, thank you so much uh, for listening to Desi Kanya's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. So please try to take lessons from our conversation and see how you can start your low waste life. Um, journey and reuse, recycle, and reduce. Yeah. Thank you so much. Every time, refuse. <laughs> yes, refuse. Refuse, reuse, recycle, and reduce. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Nitya. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.